What is up, design family, and welcome back to another episode of FitBite, the mini-series on the Fit Design Podcast, where we take bite-sized pieces of the Fit Design content you love and break it down for you into easy-to-understand bite-sized pieces. On today's episode, we'll be looking at the top five myths surrounding seamless apparel. So you're looking at creating your first collection and you're considering seamless garments as a viable option. On this episode, we'll be looking at the top five common misconceptions that people have surrounding seamless. That way, if you are genuinely considering creating a seamless apparel line, you can go in knowing the hard truth about seamless. Getting right into it, I wanna preface this episode by saying seamless is not all bad. Yes, this episode may make it seem like it's not a good option, but this is simply untrue. I'm just going through the misconceptions that a lot of startup brands may have towards seamless. And number one is going to be, hey, a lot of my favorite brands create seamless apparel and they seem to sell very well. And yes, although seamless is an extremely appealing type of knit and construction, it's not necessarily the best option starting off. Because of the specialized machinery, the technical training that people that are needed to operate these machines need, the minimum order quantities for seamless construction are usually much higher than traditional cut and sew garments because there is that initial cost that needs to be offset between buying the machinery, training the staff, so on and so forth. That's why you actually will be risking much more going into seamless production as you do need to purchase a lot more quantities up front. So do bear that in mind. Also, there are lower MOQ options by factories that offer ODM or white labeled styles where you can just put your logo on it. And I definitely don't recommend that because if you want people to take your brand seriously, rehashing existing products is not the way to go. Number two, seamless construction means no seams at all. Well, this is actually wrong. Yes, it's all in the name, but seamless tubular construction will still create the need for seams. Just look at a pair of socks. They're created using the same construction, but you actually still need the seams at the end of the toe box to seal the pattern in. The same is true with your favorite pair of seamless leggings. If you look, you do need seams at strategic positions like the inseam, the gusset, and even the waistband, depending on how much compression and taper you need. So yes, although seamless minimizes seams, it doesn't mean no seams at all. Number three, seamless knit construction is virtually limitless. I can do anything I want. And yes, although it's true that creating seamless garments open up a world of opportunities for you when it comes to the types of designs, patterns, and knits you can create, there are certain key limitations that you're going to have to consider. Number one is going to be the number of colors that you can have in a singular tubular knit construction. Usually most machines will limit you to, to between two to three yarn colors. So creating these seamless knit constructions with a variety of colors, like the entire rainbow is extremely difficult. If you look at a pair of ombre leggings, that is usually two different colors joined together using a dip dye technique as opposed to a traditional knitting technique. The garment is first knitted and then it's dip dyed. But with traditional seamless knit, you're usually recommended to keep between two to three yarn colors per knit construction. Also, some other types of limitations arise in the types of knits that you can do and how you layer those knits over each other. A great example is, let's just say you wanna create a seamless knit camo legging and you wanna have a high compression waistband. Chances are on the waistband, you're going to use a fine one by one or two by two rib knit construction to have that elasticity and that compression. 
but you won't be able to layer that waistband in with a camo arrangement of that rib knit. You have a limitation of how many different types of knits you can do in one part. So that is something to bear in mind. That's why some of your favorite camo seamless leggings will feature a rib knit waistband with the main body being the full camo knit. And then lastly is because your tubular seamless knit construction goes in a longitudinal direction. So when we're knitting the garment, you have the tube and it goes down to up or up to down. This creates what is known as a staggered effect. If you have angled lines, the lack of density or the lack of resolution in your seamless knit will create this staggered effect where your lines almost look pixelized. If you've ever taken a angled line as a JPEG and zoomed into it and you've seen the pixels, how they stagger between line to line, this is the same effect. So it can be a more or less of a concern depending on the quality of the knit and the density of the fibers used. So do bear that in mind. Number four, all of my favorite brands feature seamless garments with high compression. Therefore, my garment is going to be high compression as well. Yes, it's true, but bear in mind that not all seamless construction is created equal. Also, not all seamless yarns are created equal. Just because brand X has a pair of leggings with high compression doesn't mean that your seamless leggings will also feature the same level of compression. But there are a variety of factors that you have to bear in mind. Number one is going to be what are the yarns that you're using? Like what's the composition that you're using? Two is going to be what is the density of your knit? Three, what are the actual knit patterns that you're using? Are you using high compression knits? Also, what is the thickness of your fabric? Thicker fabrics will traditionally feature more compression because of their lower elasticity and they'll be able to shear less. So all of these factors are going to play into the level of compression on your garment and should be specified in a tech pack or a technical documentation sheet beforehand. Number five, I can use the same exact material composition as my favorite Lululemon leggings in my seamless legging. I wanna achieve the best of both worlds, so I'm going to specify the blend that I've seen from my favorite leggings in this seamless knit construction. This is actually wrong and simply untrue. Because of its specialized construction techniques, there are very specific types of yarns and yarn types that can be used in seamless construction. So you can't necessarily just grab a material composition from your favorite cut and sew leggings and expect that to be used on seamless constructions. Our recommendation for the types or the blend of yarns that you should be using for seamless knit garments is going to be a blend of nylon, polyester, and spandex or elastane blends. This is going to give you the perfect blend of comfort, softness, and actual compression on the garment. Well, that is a wrap guys. We hope by now you have a better idea of the hard truth behind seamless apparel and what it can mean for your business. We'll be doing a separate Fitbite in the future on all of the good things surrounding seamless because obviously there are a ton of benefits to gain. So you may actually want to consider seamless if it's right for you. And that episode is going to help you determine that. If you guys enjoyed this Fitbite, please let us know in the reviews. It really does help us out to let us know how we did. If you guys want to see more podcasts and more episodes on all things fitness fashion, tune in next week for another episode of Fitbite. Until next time, guys, stay awesome.